Tom Gerhardt and Dan Provost are the guys behind Studio Neat. On this show, we discuss entrepreneurship, product design, and all of the ups and downs that come with running a small business. I'm Mike Hurley, and this is Thoroughly Considered. So, since we last spoke, you have indeed put your uh, Qi chargers on sale. They've been up for a couple of weeks now. And uh, one of the things that we weren't sure of on the episode, because we recorded before they had been put out to the public, was we weren't sure what the reception was going to be like. So, how has it been? Good, right, Dan? Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's hard to know. <laughs> it's always hard to know what, uh, you know, what is good exactly. But yeah, no, I think they've sold, been selling well. And um, yeah, they're good. I mean, I think people like them. I mean, people don't have them yet. So it's hard, you know, sometimes it's hard mm-hmm. to really know what people are going to think. But um, but yeah. Yeah, we should do an update on that for folks that ordered them that are listening and curious when they're going to receive it. Um, mm-hmm. We, like all things, like all new products, it took a little longer to get them made. Uh, just some, a couple manufacturing hiccups and our guy here in Austin like got ill for a few days. Uh, so that like threw like things off. And then uh, just dumb things that customers never think of so for example like we had really humid rainy weather for a stretch of a few days and that like means he can't do the like finishing uh coat on the wood uh so just like silly stuff like that that is kind of out of your control but uh delays things but we um i was actually packaging up uh some of the docs right now before we started recording and we're gonna be hopefully doing shipments kind of all this week. So uh, we think the at least the people that ordered kind of right away, like within the first week or, or, or a couple weeks of when we put it on sale, uh, should be uh, domestic orders at least. Sh- their order sh- uh, should ship out this week. So that's good. Oh, that, yeah. Okay, that's great, right? Because I see mm-hmm. right now that it says uh, early 2019. Yeah, so we yeah. Cha- I changed that just because it's our. So, I mean, we're we're a week away from Christmas, so it's already people that order today. It's too late for that, so we just want to give them like a realistic expectation. Okay, that makes sense. So that's been you know down to the wire, <laughs> but uh, but it's good. It's good. So you like you know you mentioned you're not sure how they're selling. Did you have like targets in mind? Like, a, is it on track to to sell what you wanted? Like, is it selling more or less mm-hmm. than the previous version? Like, is is that all fine? Yeah, I think it's selling basically exactly what we kind of thought. Uh, which was, I think we kind of based our information off of kind of how the previous docs did uh, when we launched them. And it's more or less the same. It's basically we only ordered like X number of the Qi modules. So we're kind of hitting the sweet spot to where we don't have to like quickly order more of those. uh, But we didn't also order like way too many of them. Like we kind of ordered the right number. Uh, So I get we kind of like predicted correctly roughly uh, how many to order for that. Because that's the... um, that's the limiting factor. Like we kind of have more of like the printed inserts and foam and stuff just because 
economies of scale, like it makes sense to order more of those. Uh, so, so it's, yeah, it's all good. And I think if it was like, if we had twice as many orders, it would be kind of even more stressful than it already is. Yeah. So I, f- yeah. I think it's a good, uh, it's like, it's a good number. It's been good for us. Yeah, it was good. And we, and it's cool because we didn't have to like pre guess how many of each kind of doc to make. Um, so that that's nice because we could respond to like the ratio of like the the multi one to just the only the chi only one. So that's also convenient that we could kind of be do some just in time manufacturing. Oh wow, that's mm. right, that's right. It's really interesting because these. So speaking of which, because the like the only thing that's not um kind of in our direct control is. The chi modules and screws and uh, the piece like the die cut felt circle, uh, and then I guess the like the molded cork. But everything else is either made by our local guy who does the wood, or there's like a piece of plastic that we're actually three D printing in house. Um, and then so so it's really like if something changes, we can. And then there's like a bottom piece that's laser cut, so we can kind of. It's nice. We can kind of like tweak and make adjustments uh, on the design of things like at any time, which is pretty, uh, which is pretty cool. Feels pretty good. So talking about like shipping, you guys, it's like shipping central, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's funny talking about these docs. Like we have only been like, like spending a lot of time doing these talks in the past just couple days not even yeah. uh it's really been all mark one mark one mark one for i mean i don't know when was the last time we talked or the last time we recorded uh a few weeks ago yeah yeah it's been um i don't know if it's exactly been hell but it's certainly <laughs> been close to it <laughs> um like yeah basically dan and i just both been like staying up really late uh trying to get these pins out the door and part of that has been it just takes a long time to like assemble these pins uh like to the level we want but it's also we have had like lots of kind of lots of problems or at least lots of unexpected things come up that has let a slowed us down in the beginning and then has just made the process way slower so it's kind of like a whole whirlwind i don't even know if i can like remember everything but uh but yeah, so that's totally been a um, a real gr- a real grind, and we're like not even you know we're like a third of the way through, um, but yeah, that man. Yeah, we <laughs> have it's 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 really kind of the uh, the the perfect uh, instance of the cliche. Uh, the only way out is through, and that we have like many ideas. Like in assembling these, we have like so many ideas for basically a V two of Mark One, where it's like, oh, if we if we change this, that would make assembly much easier. Oh, it would like minimize these problems if we did this. You know, we had spoken previously about like the nickel plating on the bodies and how that was causing problems, and we have like some ideas of how moving forward we can mitigate those problems or or make it easier, or whatever. But like all of those things are irrelevant right now. Like we just have, we just have to focus on like the parts we have now and the bodies we have now and figure out a way to make it work. And so there's lots of like, you know, like Tom is like having to like polish and clean the bodies to like get them to like work correctly and stuff. And so there's like all this extra labor that we didn't think would be a part of it, but it's just like 
there's no choice. We just have to like make it work. Uh, so we're doing it and it's good and we're, we're shipping them and that feels good, but it's just like, it's a real slog. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine they're like just long days of the same thing. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm almost to season seven of the office, uh, starting. From the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, basically it's, I guess the like high level summary is, well, here, I, I guess I could just, like, describe, like, what what happens, like, the whole kind of assembly process, and I might give you an idea. So, you know, we get uh, we get parts from the Cerakote place, um, or, or, like, delivered, and then I will, like, take those pins out of their packaging, and the first thing I do is I polish the uh, interior, uh, the, like, inner diameter of where the clicky, or where the knock goes in, like, the clicky part. Um, and you know, it was funny cause it was like machined like well, um, but we found if we actually like actually polish it to a mirror finish in there, it makes like a pretty big difference in terms of the feel of everything. Um, and so we decided just to do that, uh, and which isn't like, that doesn't take too long. It's pretty quick. Um, but then because we're doing that, we have to clean then like clean, uh, the entire inside of the pin and then make sure it's dried completely, that sort of thing. So that's a whole step in itself that takes, you know, quite a bit of time to do and like labor and like all this stuff. Um, so that's happening. So that happens. And then once that done, um, you know, there's kind of like a triage setup s- step of like, uh, you know, putting the spring on the cartridge and kind of getting things set. And then we put some grease on the, mechanism in some key places and then uh everything goes together and then it goes to dan where he does like a final like qc inspection and like cleaning like a real like a surface cleaning like on the exterior and then he puts it in the packaging packages it up and then eventually like puts a label on it and ships it out the door so we're like basically he does like he does all those steps and he'll like ship them out the next day. Like he'll get one and then ship it out the next day, basically. So, um, you know, and it just takes, it just like takes a long time. Uh, and you know, we can't do, you know, we have to do other things besides assemble stuff too. Mm -hmm. Like I have to be kind of, you know, managing some things that are going on. So, um, you know, it's just, you know, and we, it's, it's interesting because we did have some help, in the beginning when we kind of were assembling mechanisms and that got done and the, having help for that was really good. But the whole like polishing and cleaning, uh, it's just, it's just something that we want to do basically. And definitely the like final assembly and like click test and stuff we want to do. Cause basically, Oh, the thing I forgot also is when I'm assembling it, I like click it and make sure, you know, like everything's feeling good and runs smoothly and everything. So we're kind of, there's like two, there's like two levels of QC, uh, quality control that uh, we do. So we just want to be the people doing that at least right now. So, um, so yeah, it's just a bottleneck and it's, it's like long and like my thumb hurts and, you know, like, <laughs> I can imagine your thumb would hurt. <laughs> it's kind of funny though, thinking about like, I've clicked everyone's pin or I guess Dan and I have both clicked everyone's pin before, which is a kind of a, a weird personal touch shipping a used pen every time. Yeah. Right. <laughs> used pins. Um, so yeah, so, uh, so that's kind of the process there. Uh, and, you know, we've eaten, like, we've gotten through quite a few of the blacks, but the whites have been way slower because that is just like another, you know, we talked about that in the update, but basically, 
uh, doing white to where it's like very even all the way around um, the pin is like really, really, really difficult to do. And a lot of it's coming from these, the surface texture of the metal is a, is like uneven in places because of some of the problems we have with the nickel plating on the exterior of the pen. And so they have to do way more coats of the white than um than like than like what everyone planned on basically. And so that like very like it's taking like 3 or 4 times as long for each pin as it like should. So that's kind of like another like kicking sand in our face <laughs> after like going through this and we're like, okay, okay, let's start doing whites. And then it's like, oh, great. Another problem. So, um, but you know, it's, I think all the problems have been figured out and found. So now we're just kind of um, continuing to march forward. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, it's, uh, it is what it is, but I mean, it is, the result is, I mean, something that's good and, you know, hopefully it's pretty transparent to the end customer. So, um, you know, and it's funny if, if this, if we weren't doing like as many as we were, this wouldn't be as big of a problem. Like if, so in the future, you know, we'll have, we'll assemble much smaller batches of these likely, and that will be like way less of a problem. And like Dan mentioned, we should be able to make some design changes that will make our life easier in terms of this stuff. So, you know, onward, upward, I guess. <laughs> so as it stands, you envision that you guys will continue to do assembly at least um, of, of these, of these things. Yeah, I think so. Because a, like Tom said, uh, there'll be smaller batches, so it'll be a little more reasonable, but we're also hoping, like I mentioned earlier, we can change quite a few things about the the exterior. Uh, like, if you handed a pen to a current Mark One to someone, and then like a, this hypothetical version two, they basically would be identical. You want to be able to tell them apart. We'd make little changes to the manufacturing and the assembly and kind of how it's constructed to hopefully eliminate the line share of these steps we have to do. Like, it'd be really nice to not have to do, like, the polishing and cleaning step, for example. Uh, we definitely want to figure out this, like, nickel plating issue so that the Cerakote process is much easier. So there's just, like, so many little changes we can do that will just make it much better. And then coupled with the fact that, like, the runs will be much smaller, I think we're fine... Um, continuing to to do the assembly ourselves but uh you know we'll see yeah if we get it to the point where like right now there needs to be some babysitting basically Mm -hmm. like there needs to be some checking that's done but i could see us in the future getting it really locked down to where it's like never a problem and it's just really easy to there's like no um there's no discretion basically required to assemble the pen like from the from the get-go and if that's the case, then we, yeah, it could probably be like handed off in, uh, to something else. But we'll just see. I mean, it, like I, I think it won't be that onerous down the road. I don't think. Yeah. So this, I don't know, this whole process assembly and like I guess design has, I don't know, it's been. This is like the first product I feel like, and you tell me if you agree, Dan, that it feels more like jewelry or something in terms of the kind of fit and finish that is required at the end of the day. I mean, we've had products like even the Glyph or other things that 
they're made like high tolerances, but this is kind of an, an extra level of, um, I guess, like, just like, yeah, quality and stuff that is required. Like, for instance, we have a couple surfaces that have like mirror finishes on them. And so um, it's just been really interesting now that we've gone through this like assembly process. Like, I don't know, I feel like I will forever be changed in terms of how we approach designing something like this or if we approach designing something like this again. Darren, does that make sense, Dan? Like, do you, f- yeah. Do you f- does this feel different to you? Yeah, it definitely feels different. Uh, like, I feel like we're kind of more persnickety about kind of how these parts are turning out. Our reject rate has been kind of much higher than any other product. Uh, and so, yeah, I think it's going to be like yet another design consideration when we're, uh, when we're kind of making material choices and surface finishes and stuff for future products is just like, what is the tolerance for imperfection basically, or how, how good is the material, how durable is it? And how, how does it like age over time? And just like, what is the variability and how the surface finishes, um so that'll be interesting yeah so like i guess to be specific so we there was a change that we made basically uh in the design process where the knock used when when we were always kind of thinking about this and when the kickstarter was going on the the kind of finish of the knock was not it was more of a like almost brushed look it wasn't exactly brushed metal but it was more of a brushed look but then we saw some samples of like like a basically a mirror finish um like knock and we like like that more and when you jump that divide from like brushed to like mirror finished it really changes like a lot of stuff like a i think it's just the case and i could be wrong about this but i think it's just the case that we have to plan on a higher reject rate from parts we get from suppliers so like even though no matter how good the supplier is uh if you're looking for like a blemish free mirror surface, like, you know, you, it's like a, it's just a much higher bar to clear. So you, you will likely just have more problems. Um, and like maybe more parts you have to reject or whatever. So I think we kind of made that jump somewhat casually because we liked the look of the like brushed to then to like more mirror finish, but that has caused like quite a bit of problems in terms of just like, you know, uh, like the assembly process and, and, and like reject rate and stuff. So that that's like an interesting step. Like, I think next time we make a decision like that, we'll, we'll make it very knowingly. Like, we'll be like, okay, well we can do this, but it's going to mean this, this, and this, it's, you know, this cost, this blah, 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 blah. So that was like one aspect of it. And then the other aspect of it was, you know, the, the kind of inverse of that, the interior of the pin body, you know, we, we specified like a machining that was very fine and it is very good like if you look at it it's shiny and you can see a reflection in it but the difference between it being come off a machine and then and actually being polished like hand polished uh is actually is like very is like very different feel which is pretty surprising to me um and so that like that's just another like i i guess we just I, in the past, would not have ever wanted to specify, like, a polishing step in manufacturing because it's inconsistent. Like, it's, you know, it's it's something that's a little bit tricky to... You, you could specify, I want this to be polished, but it's like, okay, to what level and, like, who does it and all this stuff. Um, and so I think 
I would have been gun shy about that. But now I think we're just at the point where we just know like, oh, we just have to do that or like, you know, are willing to do that more. Um, so I don't know. It's just interesting. It just feels to me like it's not like we've turned into like watchmakers or something, but it's just a different level. Uh, it's like a it's like a different level of um, f- design on like the finishes or something. I don't know. It's, it's hard for me to describe, obviously, because I'm struggling. But I don't know. To me, it feels like we're in a different place now. Uh, and it's kind of interesting. And like I said, I don't doesn't mean we're going to start making like really fancy blinged out things or anything. But it um, I don't know. There's uh, I don't know. It's just been a really interesting process. Service finishes, man. Really tricky. I mean, I guess Apple, like, everyone struggles with that. It's like a hard thing to do. But um, I guess this is the difference when going from using mostly wood and plastic to metal, right? Like it's, well, you've, you've learned some new stuff. I don't know, because we've used metal in the past and like all the parts. So right, like but the... has it been the the part that people saw and interacted with, though? Um, I don't think so. In, so. in some cases, yeah. It's just it was more of a utilitarian thing. I, I think it's the difference is... Yeah, we haven't done a, um, you know, a pin. Like, this pin, part of the reason people buy this, obviously, is because of the way it looks. And, you know, and it's in people's hand. And so, it is, like, partially the materials, but I think it's just partially just the kind of object it is. It's just a different, you know, it's like a different kind of thing. Um, and, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It, but, for instance, if we would have kept that brushed metal, like, finish on the knock, it would, you know, it would have hid all the imperfections, basically, that we're rejecting uh, on these glossy ones. So it's, you know, it's one of those things where uh, that design decision, yeah, just like goes a long way. So, yeah, it's, um, I don't know, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what we do next, especially like on another pin or something. I feel like we've been through trial through fire a little bit, but, <laughs> but it's funny because I, you know, after doing this polishing myself. It actually is, pre- it's like more consistent of a process than I thought it would be. So, hmm. I don't know, that's kind of interesting. So, yeah, it's uh, a little bit bonkers. Yeah, I mean, like, this is the this is what's happened now. You've started to learn new processes, right? Like, these are new processes for you guys. So, like, as you say, right, like, now you can kind of understand that if what you're trying to do is make something look good, particularly look good out of these types of materials there is going to be tighter tolerances there is going to be more rejected parts like that's just a thing that's going to happen yeah 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 and that's i think the new world for us you know because we you know the thing we want is like oh we order these parts they're always perfect all the time and it's like never an issue but i just don't know if that's realistic like in you know um i mean someone's going to be doing that qc reject rate thing it may not be us it may be the manufacturer but um, you know, it's like just just like a different di- difficulty level, basically. And so the other thing that's interesting is the tolerance on this stuff is like pretty crazy. Like the um, like both where the pin cartridge comes out of the tip of the pin and the knock, you know, the tolerance is like there's like a thousandth of an inch difference in like gap, basically, in all those things. And so we've done high tolerance stuff like that before, but not at not at quietly that that close and when you get yeah. that close and you're at this scale uh i mean not that there are a huge scale but when you're making like 5000 pins or something you know a, a little bit of variation can kind of cause big problems you know what i mean because we don't have to do the thing where we're like fitting we're like matching the knock size to the body size or anything 
because uh, that would be really bad. But um, it's just, you know, there's just some minor variation in there. And when you're talking about that thin of a gap, um, you know, it's just it it's just it's just it's just really tricky. You just have to be yeah. spot on. Because again, I can't imagine there being any other product that you make that a minuscule change in the tolerances would affect the way the product feels every single day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so that's the thing that's like interesting is it's like it is and I think that's a good point. It's also about feel, right? It's like it's not just looks and like some idealized like oh function, it's like literally a feel. And so I'm sitting there when I click each one of these pins, I like click it and I'm like okay. Mm. This one isn't good enough. And if it's not good enough, we like we will go through and we'll like polish it again or there's like another like place that I can polish on the mechanism to kind of like uh, kind of so it, it's interesting it, like this feel thing is um i mean it's it's worthwhile it's like really important but it is it is like a it's like something it's like really difficult to specify right and like i've been become the like click expert <laughs> now because i'm like okay like you can like dis- discern which ones are passing basically so yeah it's um, Do you ever look back at your life and wonder how the decisions that you made got you to, <laughs> to where you like, end up being Tom, uh, why have you, why have you literally probably done like, you know, I don't know, a hundred thousand clicks in the past month? Well, uh, <laughs> let me tell you, yeah, probably more, well, probably actually way more than that. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's fun though. It's cool. I mean, I, I there's something about it that is, um, I don't know. I like, it's, I like it. I like that we can it, it, although it is uh, a total pain in the butt, there is something kind of satisfying about like having these polished surfaces and making this pin, like clicking it and having it feel good and being like, yeah, this is cool. And so being able to fuss over that feel and like change it, um, that that's like, it's pretty cool. It, it means we're spending a lot of time <laughs> doing that. Uh, mm-hmm. But it is like nice that we can like affect it and that we're can like, can like design for that and control it. So um i just wish that it i just wish that we could um basically remove those polishing steps because then it's more clearly like okay we make these defined specifications to the manufacturer and then the thing we get out like you know 95 percent of the time is perfect without any like fussing basically and at, at this stage we have to like fuss over it and so that's the thing that sucks but hopefully we'll get to where we can specify yeah. those things. And- a good example of just like ridiculous fussiness is all of the cork packaging. Uh, when it's sent to us, like it's a little bit kind of dusty with cork particles. Like there is just, uh, they kind of just make them and throw them into a box and ship them to us. And so another like unforeseen labor thing is I'm having to like, take them out of the box, put them in a wire basket and like compress air them off to get all the like dusty particles off and then like re put them back in a box. So there's like all these, that's just like a good example of the unforeseen labor. That one one just feels like a real pain in the butt. That that, that one seems particularly frustrating to me. I'm not sure why. You know, it's so yeah, it's like, like Dan said, it's like these things just come up. It's like, oh yeah, okay. Uh, And so that's what always happens. I mean, this is not new. Like none of this, this always literally happens with every product. But I think it's just, we had a lot of them stacked on each other and we were under the like tight timeline anyways. And so it's just like, you know, it felt crazy. Um, However, I will say, I really am happy with the way the cork packaging like came out and 
like that part of it i'm i think we made a good decision doing that even though it was like a little bit more costly and like it was you know a little bit silly in a way but um i really like seeing pe- people's like photos like them like using like cork tray and stuff it's like i don't know it uh it's a nice little a nice little addition for sure the packaging <laughs> is cool dan do you agree that it was oh, a good yeah, idea no, i mean aside <laughs> from the uh uh having to compress air the dusties off uh it's nice and it's actually uh tom made a little jig to uh to like line up the label the belly band that has to wrap around and so the actual assembly is uh, of the packaging is pretty fast uh like if it was a box or something that needed to be folded like a small box that would take way longer uh even like a a bag that needed to be like unzipped and then zipped like a Ziploc type thing uh, would probably be a little faster. Uh, So it's actually been a good choice from a assembly perspective as well. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's a win all around. That's been another aspect of all of this, which has been kind of new for us is um, making like jigs. So in the past we've done, you know, we've done some assembly on some things um, but the numbers haven't been as big and we just never really, it was kind of a more ad hoc situation. So we didn't like make jigs, but now we made several what is different a jig? jigs. <laughs> oh yes. It's a dance. Uh, we've been uh, writing <laughs> we, dances. We have some packages. <laughs> it's the way to keep morale up. That's right. Now, Dan, you have to do this dance every time you're putting the packaging together. It's important. Don't ask why. <laughs> Don't ask why. It's important. I designed it, okay? Um, no, a jig is just like a basically like a tool that helps you do something. So, for instance, the jig that Dan is talking about, it's like a what was really important with the packaging is so it's like these two cork halves you put together, but then we have a label that wraps around it. But it has to be wrapped around like kind of perfectly on center and square and like at the right. When you close it, you want the logo to be on top. So I just made a little thing. It's like a little a little tray kind of with some raised 3D printed like walls where you just you put the label on there. It's like in a certain spot. You put the cork things on and then when you wrap it up, everything's like perfectly in the right place. You don't have mm. to like fuss with it. So a jig is basically just like, yeah, something that helps you do something. Like a lot of times people make jigs for tools. So like you might have a jig that helps you on a drill press, like drill something in the right spot. So we've made several of those. One, we made a couple for the mechanisms. So like, you know, there's a, we're, we're like press fitting the mechanism together. And so we have a jig where, you, you know, like you, you line up a bunch of mechanisms on this like little plastic tray thing, and then you can like put it through the, um, the arbor press like quickly like in line and 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 just stuff like that or like for instance we almost we should probably should have but we almost got some like custom trays to like put the pins in as they go through the assembly process so right now we're using these trays that the knocks came in they're like these little it's like a tray that's like 20 by 20 basically so it holds 400 knocks or now mechanisms and it's like this little kind of thermoformed tray and so that's what we use to kind of like after, you know, the knocks come on that and then it, they get assembled into mechanisms and the mechanism goes on there. And then we put those in boxes and we use that. So it's just kind of like this process stuff where, you know, you help, you make little jigs and things that kind of help you um, kind of make things easier and go quicker and be more efficient and stay cleaner and that sort of thing. So it's been kind of, I mean, I like thinking about and making that process stuff, but this is the first time where we've really, it's been important to actually implement 
uh, quite a bit of that because we were doing this assembly and we're doing it in house. So that, um, so yeah, that's been kind of fun and interesting. And I, you know, I, I could fantasize about a future where we like have some like robots and like, you know, all kinds of things happening, um, to make like this even easier on us. But I don't know. I think, I think definitely in the future and going forward, we're still going to try to have most of the assembly and manufacturing be like not in-house because it's like too much for sure. But, um, but it's been fun to kind of tinker in that space a little bit. I enjoy the Wikipedia definition for a jig. (laughs) A jig is a type of custom made tool used to control the location and or motion of parts or other tools, Mm. which makes me start to wonder like, do people use jigs to make jigs? I'm sure. Yeah. No, so I'm then sure. what's Absolutely. the first jig? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, now, so now what's cool is 3D printers. I mean, that's the really cool thing is... Um, right, they are the jig builders now. Yeah, you just 3D print like whatever you want. And so like, that's like what um, I've done a lot. Even so, like when we were prototyping the pin, I would make a bunch of 3D printed jigs to help me hold like parts that need to be like milled or something. Cause like at that stage, we don't have the fancy machines to like, you know, do some complex tooling CNC operations. So I had to figure out some way to kind of get there. And usually I had to build some jigs first, like design them in CAD and then 3d print them and then do them. So that's why, hmm. you know, things can take a long time, but it is fun. I think I don't, I, whilst they understand, I think I don't like that this phrase exists because it's <laughs> like, here is a phrase which says a thing which could be literally anything. Like, because even if you said, like, oh, it's a jig for building our pens, like, that is, every jig is different for every person building a pen. You know what I mean? It's just like, the word is so broad and kind of means nothing, really. It's a very interesting phrase. It does mean, like, for instance, if um, if I was talking to a manufacturer and they're like, okay, well, this is what it takes to uh, make, like, make the part like each part cost you know a dollar and then you have like five thousand dollars in tooling and then we might have another three thousand dollars in assembly jigs and i say okay i get it they don't oh, have yeah, to yeah. describe you know so that's why that's when it becomes i think like it like actually useful like they don't have to describe exactly what's going on but and so like for you know but they're made i mean that's like all menu i mean anytime you like you know i'm sure i bet apple i wouldn't be surprised i mean i don't know how many people work on the jigs for iphone assembly but i bet it's like hundreds of people easily like do that process because there's a whole that's a cool there's a whole design process for manufacturer that is like just as complex as the design process for the actual product and so um yeah the whole world of like making jigs and work holding and tools and like i mean honestly the whole the process of um keeping track of hardware and parts and putting them in trays and like having them cycle through an assembly process is um that's a whole like that's a whole thing too uh, i mean there's lots of companies that make all they do is they make custom thermoformed trays for that very purpose like hold these parts efficiently you know in the in the pos- orientation you want so you can pick them up easily and all that stuff it's kind of it's kind of crazy but it you know it, it ends up um it ends up paying off if you're doing something a lot so. anything else I've always got a dance tech corner queued up. <laughs> you know, people have really responded to the t- dance tech corner. I've been getting positive feedback. If do you, what do you do? You actually have one? 
Yeah. Okay. I then. always have one. Hit us with it. <laughs> well, I mean, I need the theme song, I think. Oh, yeah. Isn't there a... I don't, I don't know where it is. It, dance Tech Corner. Okay. That so that sounded close. Now enough. we're in a Dance Tech Corner, as the theme <laughs> song would suggest. Okay. I have a question. I Mostly for you, Mike. I might be wrong about this. I don't listen to every tech podcast. I listen to quite a few of them. It seems like nobody is talking about Small Fry, which, for those that don't know, is a, a recently released memoir by Lisa Brennan Jobs. Well, I meant to read this book and forgot about it until you just yeah. mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to read this go. book. There you go. You should read it. Uh, I read it a few weeks ago, and it is excellent. Like, it's a really... Uh, really well written. Uh, like it's just a good book to read mm-hmm. outside of the whole Steve Jobs connection. Uh, but so for that reason, because it's so good and so interesting, I, it's it's bizarre to me why nobody is talking about it. Like I remember a few weeks ago, uh, or I guess a couple months ago, like everyone was kind of talking about that creative selection book, and I think this book was released like around the same time. And just for my personal opinion, I think it's much more interesting and a much better written book. Uh, so I don't understand why it just seems to be completely absent from tech discussion. Uh, I can understand maybe the reason is it's like, it's kind of more tangential to uh, the tech stuff that is mostly discussed, but I don't know. I wanted to throw that out. It seems like kind of a, uh, um, under underrepresented uh piece of media that came out recently that i think more people should read it and more people should talk about it it is on my list uh i was keen to see it because it wasn't it's not just the steve jobs part but like i'm just interested to understand kind of how that would leave a mark on someone to be in that kind of family like not just him but just like someone Mm -hmm as influential as him in the world in history yeah right yeah 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 you should read it or listen you usually do audiobooks don't you yeah yeah when i said read it it would have been an audiobook i wonder if she uh if she reads it i don't actually know who the uh audio person is but that would be really cool if it was her tom are you gonna read it no (laughs) (laughs) i might is it uh probably not but it might no, I mean, I mean, I don't, uh, I remember, so actually Mike, when we, when we did our, uh, a few good men, Mike at the movies podcast, I was, I mentioned the, uh, we went down a Aaron Sorkin rabbit hole and I was saying how I actually think the Steve Jobs movie is good and worth seeing, uh, which seemed like a minority opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I know a lot of people, like some of their issue with the movie is that it it used the kind of Lisa storyline. Uh, it was like too prominent. They thought it was like a uh, a misrepresentation of kind of the reality of that uh, of kind of what was going on there over the years. And this reading this book actually makes me think that it like wasn't prominent enough. <laughs> like that was actually a reasonable choice by Aaron Sorkin to like use that storyline as, as kind of like the thread line um, from these like three different uh, time periods that he, 
the, how the film is divided in these three acts. Um, so I don't know. I think they're both, they're both really interesting, uh, uh, things to consume. And, uh, I, part of me wonders is like, because they basically portray Steve jobs in such a bad light that, Apple fans are like resistant to uh, embracing them or at least like reading and watching them and kind of thinking deeply about them. But I don't know. We don't need to get into a whole thing about that, but I just think uh, I think both the movie and this book are really worth checking out. And that's my tech corner. You guys don't seem to have, you guys don't seem to have to have much uh, to add to it. We haven't read the book. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> or seen the movie it's true so it's true oh i saw i saw the movie okay i saw the movie yeah what did you think of it um i'm bad at judging movies i thought it was fine i think almost all movies are fine but i don't yeah i, I think it was a good it's probably like a good lens to like look at steve jobs as like a person through and i think it is easy to probably think about steve jobs as um his main role in your brain especially if you're like like Apple and like tech stuff as is being like the founder of this company but I'm sure internally he probably was way more consumed with his like personal like family life stuff in terms of just his own brain in some ways than like a lot of the tech product stuff or you know and so I think it's uh it's probably yeah I don't know I could I could easily see that being the case that it was a good a good way to kind of look at it but I'm bad at reviewing movies I, I have a, I have a very, um, I get like, I think absorbed in them and it's hard for me while I'm watching them to like detach and kind of be third person thinking about it, like in a meta way. But then the problem is I like kind of forget in some ways, a lot of things, uh, after I've watched it. And so it's like even harder for me to like be meta about it. So I'm pretty bad at, uh, media theory criticism. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> Thoroughly Considered is a joint production between Relay FM and Studio Need. Find out more about this episode by going to relay.fm slash TC slash 46.